Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The readings for this weekend reveal God's righteousness, His passion to set all things right, especially for the poor and the marginalized in our society. great example of this is the Israelites themselves as a nation. It's no accident that the Israelites are God's chosen people. The Israelites really manifest or reveals God's righteousness, His passion to set all things right. The Israelites They're not a great or mighty empire, unlike the Greeks or the Babylonians or the Persians. Instead, the Israelites were an oppressed people, and yet it is precisely out of their own suffering comes that keen and great sense of God's righteousness, his passion to set all things right. Now, turn to the first reading from the prophet Amos. Now, we don't hear about Amos that much within our liturgical year. He's considered a minor prophet in the Old Testament, but his message is extremely important nonetheless. Amos, it's estimated, he lived in the 8th century B.C. He's one of the old Old Testament prophets. He lived before Ezekiel, Isaiah, and Jeremiah. Amos was an average person like you and I. We learned last week his profession before he was called to be a prophet. It says he was a dresser of sycamores, so he was a tree trimmer. Now, he's an ordinary figure, just like any of us would be. And God calls him to become a prophet. And Amos preaches against social injustice. One of the central tenets of our Catholic faith is our compassion for one another, especially the poor and those neglected in our society. And so, how do we, as God's people, serve their needs? Well, in our parishes, we do it in so many different ways. St. Ben's meal program, St. Vincent de Paul. You know, we help out at the Waukesha Food Pantry. So there are many great things that both of our parishes are doing to help those, especially those that are poor and neglected in our society. St. John Chrysostom once said, A good test of our religious conviction is precisely the way we treat one another, especially those in need. Well, Amos now is criticizing those who are complacent in their duty to help others, primarily the Israelites themselves. This is why he says in the first reading, Woe to the complacent Zion, or Israel, lying upon beds of ivory, stretched comfortably on their couches. They eat lambs that are taken from the flock and calves from the stall. Well, in order for us to really appreciate this passage, We have to understand the whole context in which it is set in. Israel is a nation that is split into two kingdoms, a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The southern kingdom is referred to as Judah, and it's a kingdom that is very well off. There are very many rich people, very affluent. They want for nothing. However, in the northern kingdom, it's just the opposite. They're not as fortunate. 
It's an economic decline. A great percentage of the population in the North are poor, hungry, and destitute. And that's why Amos references them by saying Joseph is collapsing. The Northern Kingdom is suffering greatly and it's about to go under. And so Amos criticizes the Southern Kingdom because the Southern Kingdom knows the plight of what's going on in the North and they're indifferent. They don't care. That's why Amos criticizes the Southern Kingdom and says, You lie on beds of ivory, stretch out comfortably on couches, eat lambs, drink wine from bowls. This is their problem. The people of the South, they know that the fellow countrymen in the North are suffering greatly, and they don't care. And this is the heart of Amos' teaching, not just for the Israelites, but for us too. It's important for us to recognize that. I've said many times before, the sacrament of baptism is what binds us all. Baptism is something that links each and every one of us together. From baptism, we become the adopted sons and daughters of God the Father. We become the brothers and sisters of Christ. Therefore, we must depend upon each other and help each other in time of need. More to it, through baptism, we now make up the body of Christ. Therefore, we are on for each other. If we know there's someone in need in our parish and our society, we have to help them. And that's what Amos's message is for the Israelites and for us all. A good analogy to help us understand this is take our own bodies. You look at all the organs of our body, they are all dependent upon each other for overall good health. There's no way the liver can say to the lungs, lungs, I'm sorry that you came down with cancer, but you're not going to affect me. Well, that's wrong. Well, if that cancer is not treated, all the organs are going to be eventually affected and the body will decline. Well, just like organs of a body, we have to depend upon ourselves. And when we do that, then we have good spiritual health, not just personally, but amongst our own faith community and our parishes. We must therefore embody the passion of God to set all things right. And I think that is at the heart of Amos' message for the Israelites and for us. He's telling the southern kingdom They can't be indifferent to the sufferings of the northern kingdom because sooner or later, it's going to happen to the southern kingdom, and it does. About 100 to 200 years after the northern kingdom falls, so does the southern kingdom. For the same reasons, they become poor, not just economically, but spiritually. Now, that's a great precursor to the gospel. Jesus, like Amos, he rails against those that are complacent and indifferent to those in need. Jesus gives us this great parable. It's entitled Dives and Lazarus. Dives is a Latin word, which means rich. Notice how it begins. There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores. He would have gladly eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his wounds. Notice the details here. This rich man, he's clothed in purple. Purple is the color of royalty. And so we can assume this is a man of great influence, especially in how he dresses. 
In our day and age, it would be like a man wearing an Armani suit. Notice Lazarus, how he's described. He's poor, he's homeless, he's hungry, starving to death. But also, he's covered with sores, which means he's in constant pain. Notice the other detail, that the dogs would lick his wounds. Well, what we have to understand is in the ancient world, the Jews did not like dogs whatsoever. In fact, they kept their distance from dogs. Now, we, in the 21st century, we, most of us, have dogs as pets. They're good companions. We love them. But not in the ancient world, especially for a Jew. They kept their distance from dogs. They didn't want anything to do with a dog because dogs were considered unclean animals. And so, symbolically speaking, we see just how much Lazarus is an outcast. He is at the same level as the dogs. Now notice also, too, this rich man and his disposition. He's utterly unaware of Lazarus' presence being at his doorstep, but also Lazarus' condition, homeless, starving to death, and in constant pain. Now, both men die, and now we see God's passion to set all things right. But we just don't see it here in the parable. We see that theme that echoes throughout all of sacred scripture, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. I'll give you some examples. Just what Jesus says alone. Jesus once said, It's not sacrifice I desire, but mercy and justice. Or that great parable. Jesus says, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? or a stranger, and welcome you. Whatever you did to the least of these, you did it for me. And so that is at the heart of the message from Jesus as well as Amos. Now we say to ourselves, okay, I get it. I understand. But what does this mean? How am I to apply it in my life? Well, allow yourself to be used as an instrument of God's grace to embody the passion to set all things right, especially those people that need our assistance. I'll give you a great example of this. Mother Teresa, she was once interviewed by a reporter, and the reporter asked her, he said, you know, how can you keep this going? How can you feed the hungry, comfort the dying, bathe the poor, and do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for 30 plus years, and not burning out, or not just simply giving up? And without missing a beat, Mother Teresa immediately answered him and said, I look into their faces. I look into the face of the tiny baby I'm holding in my arms that's starving I'm trying to feed. I look into the face of the dying person I'm trying to comfort. I look into the face of the person whose wounds I'm trying to bandage. I look into their face and I see the face of Jesus Christ. And I can't look away. I'm compelled to love them. See, that's a great example of God's passion to set all things right. And so it's important for us to continue to be used as an instrument of God's grace, to embody that great passion to set all things right. And we can. I'll give you some examples. One, pray for other people. Share your prayers with others in this world or in your parish. There are always people that we need to pray for, whether it's in our parish, in our society, or maybe around the world. 
You have no idea how people feel uplifted when they know that other people are praying for them. Another way we can embody that passion is to share our prosperity. You know, continue to contribute financially to the support of your parish. I looked at both of my parishes and each of them have over 40 ministries. And that's what makes both parishes vibrant and strong. But we also have a very good and competent staff that leads those ministries and helps to create new ones. Well, none of that could happen unless the people in the parishes financially contribute. Another way that we can embody that passion to set all things right is to share your talents and your skills and abilities. Each and every one of us has been given charisms by God. We'll use them for the benefit of others. Maybe we have the charism of teaching. We'll go and volunteer, become a catechist. Maybe you have a passion for social justice issues. Well, good. Join St. Vincent de Paul. Join a meal program to feed the hungry. See, these are just a few ways in which we surrender to God's grace and embody God's passion to set all things right. As Amos and Jesus teaches this weekend, and may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.